Hey ladies, welcome to Yes and Amen, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla's Pearl Dominguez. Let's get it. Hey everyone, I did want to let you know that this is a part two episode with an episode we did with Mo Isom, which is our episode seven. So definitely check that out because this is just a continuation of it. It is very much connected episodes where we talk about being the church and in this particular episode we talk about different things holidays being sanctified following Jesus in the way of being intimate with him through his word Um, and the reality too is that you might hear some things that you know maybe you don't even agree with or you don't want to digest yet but I would invite you to have an open heart and open mind to what God is speaking to you um, and through you um, as Mo and I speak in this conversation and so I hope pray it blesses you and that it can move you in a way that you continue to live sanctified and continue to be the church that God has called us to be. And so let's move into this part two of being the church with Mo Isom. Being open to, to do yeah. that, but also having a desire. Cause I think if you're just open, there might be still a, um, a hesitation, a, even mm-hmm. like not a fullness that you, we approach God's throne with, but if there's yeah. also, I actually desire Lord for breakthrough. I desire to know you more. I desire to walk sanctified, then even our approach to his feet, our approach to his word, our approach to his body um, mm-hmm. looks differently, right? And I think of yeah. that when I think of like, um, even you shared uh, and your husband has shared with me, like you, you're the holi- tra- traditions, right? And holidays within yeah. the yeah. world, right? And we think of, um, Lord, I have a desire to fully know you and follow mm-hmm. you, even if that means the things that I used to love that maybe don't even feel sinful, but like yeah. Christmas and certain holidays that I've grown up knowing, if, yeah. if celebrating certain things or, or again, ref, like kind of like being like the world with certain things mm-hmm. leads me farther from you, then I want to have a desire that will draw me closer to you. Even if that means there are certain things that I will stop doing, again, that maybe don't even seem ungodly on the outside, mm-hmm. but have um, ingredients that cause like a separation or, or right. a misunderstanding of God. And so if you could share a little bit about that too, I know you guys have gone, through, you're still in the process of like yeah, yeah. You know, thinking about those things and praying about those things. Absolutely. Yeah. So as I shared earlier, this sort of shaking in October where he said, return to my heart. It was just wild. I remember a few days before even that shaking, I had just randomly, um, well, I rewind a little bit. It was around um, the time where Halloween is celebrated that um, the Lord for a while had just deeply convicted us on that front. There was really no desire. We could see the perversion and yet it's made to look consumable and commercial, but we know the origins of these things. If we have any spiritual awareness, and there are a lot of people that argue um, these Catholic high days and that's where it starts. It, let's just honestly be real for a moment. Right. Deeply demonic. <laughs> I mean, this is the day where this is the high holy day mm-hmm. for those who worship Satan. <laughs> and we can package it as pretty as we'd like, but to me, I'm just perplexed why I'm driving through my neighborhood and people have decorated their yards literally to look like a cemetery and have a body hanging from a tree and it's scaring my kid and how we've gotten here, like, and would say, oh, it's fine. 
when out of the mouths of babes, like the innocence of young hearts, when there is fear drawn from something, it's probably important that we assess that and mm -hmm. assess why what we're doing literally goes against the text of put no worthless things before your eyes, like <laughs> fix your heart on things that are good, pleasing, satisfying. Like, um, it just seemed like a no brainer yet. I saw this huge, whoa, mega fight in the, you know, Christ following community to even suggest, Hey, what are we doing here? I mean, it was not pretty. And it was in that time he stopped me one day because I saw this article on a very popular Christian site. And it was talking about a perspective I'd heard many people say of, we are the followers of Christ. We, Christ comes to redeem all things. And so we can redeem this holiday for the glory of God. We can redeem this and be Christians in this space. Any space and every space I go as a believer, I am there to redeem it. And I just thought, you know, all it takes is just a moment of thinking about definition of that word to call that bluff. Because the very nature of the word redeem is applicable to what is able to be deemed back. That means that originally it would have been of God, good, pleasing unto the Lord, that it was lost, defiled, mm -hmm. and it can be redeemed worthy of honor and praise. And so I thought, you know, this is the very picture of what Christ came for. He came to redeem the created thing, the image bearing creation of God, the person. But he did not in the middle ground of that tolerate what was not of God within them. He rebuked that. He rebuked the sin to redeem the created thing. And it was a deeming back by his blood to our rightful place, sons and daughters of the most high God. He saved the created thing, but he didn't, he didn't negotiate with the terrorists of sin in the midst of it. Right. He rebuked what wasn't of God. He redeemed what was. And so I said, really, you're applying that word wrongly to this scenario of Christians thinking, hey, Halloween, we redeem it. We can do whatever. Because it was never first of him. Mm -hmm. And so what is to be redeemed is the day the thing that was created by him. How do we as believers redeem this day that the world is, you know, celebrating or functioning in this way? I'm not here to redeem Halloween. That was never deemed holy or good or pleasing in God's sight. Right. I'm here to redeem this day for my family, for my children. And so how do we creatively do that as, you know, Christ followers? But I just started taking that word. And that was when he began to say, yes, now apply this to all things. Look to origin. And it took us on this journey of, um, <laughs> of on the, the holiday route for whatever reason, I think maybe because it all started around the ha Halloween right. piece. The first thing we started to look at was holidays as mm -hmm. a result and man, starting to search to the origin, it was actually pretty basic at first. I, I remember I jotted down in a notebook one day, like, share a word on the deception that occurs around Christmas. I wasn't even seeing yet the origin of Christmas, but I said, you must share a word around the deception that occurs because the scripture says we are not to lie. We are not to deceive. And that is literally sin that opens doors for, for unclean spirits, for whatever the enemy would intend. So if we, we don't just sit here and cope with sin, when we identify it, we 
rebuke it. And we know by the power of Jesus, we can walk free of that. So this is radical thought. People will fight back against this. But I believe as believers, we can live free of sin. If he convicts us of deceit, we can move forward, taking our thoughts captives and not deceive, not lie. Um, That should be the goal of our hearts in carrying the call of Christ. So I remember thinking, just share about how you know, we're deceiving at Christmas. But then it took me on this deeper journey of looking to origin there and realizing, wait, we've sort of talked about the story of the birth here, but many of these things I'm actually starting to discover really what do they have to do with the scripture, the tree that I have up, the reed, like all of these different traditional things I do. That's not actually, none of that's in the word. And if we're being really honest, most of the time it feels very forced (laughs) to incorporate (laughs) the birth of Jesus into that of what it's become, the idolatry it's really Mm -hmm, become. mm -hmm. We started to look at them. (laughs) Yeah. Consumerism to the max. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could sit all day and argue, no, 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 this is a, this is a holy day. This is where we commemorate Christ's birth. And I would ask then what in your day on that day, was truly set apart, holy, reverently this day given unto the Lord. How often did you and your family lay on your faces in prayer? How often was the word of God read and testified to? Was it consumed as a set apart day? Or did you pray before you ate the big meal and then go up in the million presents and be like the wise men? It's just (laughs) such a far reach in a lot of what we try to kind of justify. And we even started to see origin of where, um, when the gospel went out, um, there was, you know, when then it's made the state religion by Constantine, these people are pagan one minute and forced to be Christians the next because it is then state enforced. And a lot of this paganism, a lot of this, um, honestly, it's, it's satanic worship. Mm -hmm. It's false, false God worship just kind of bled in and they just called it Christian stuff. They adjusted, they adapted. And I'll let the listeners go on their own deep dive about the origins of Christmas as well as Easter. But I remember sitting there thinking as I was processing all of this holiday stuff and not seeing so much of it in the text, but also that's radical. That's radical. Start talking about Christmas and Easter to Christians and it... (laughs) The speed in which you're annihilated for even daring to mention, to look to the text. So I started to say, you know what, God, ineffective, ineffective ministry. If I just go speak on what it is not. Okay. We saw that in our attempts of sharing with friends and close family believers about Halloween. It was shot down so fast because it came in offense to what they knew, their tradition and their flesh. And ultimately all I was harping on was what it was not. I have no context for what is better. No one's ever taught me differently. I need you to reveal to me. And he introduced me and took me on this journey, revealing fully from the text of his feast days, of of the fall feast, the spring feast. And it dove deeper in a journey of He took us to the Hebraic calendar in understanding. And these things we read all through the text. But because of anti-Semitism that's rooted so far back in church history, it's like the earliest church history, um, the way that we broke from any affiliation with the Jewish people, um, a lot of this bled in. 
but also we too will sort of discount, oh, Old Testament stuff, oh, feast stuff. That's just like the Jewish stuff. And I'm like, this is the same living word that we're all claiming to live by and to understand. And um, so I just started on this deep dive in the Hebraic calendar element. And you read all through the text, you'll see like this day of this month. And it seems like foreign wording to us, but there's prophetic significance to all of it. He started taking us on this journey about the feast and um, it's sort of sometimes a fine line journey to walk on because our knee jerk will be legalism. Our knee jerk will be like um, how we navigate this stuff and don't become legal, but stay free in the spirit um, is really incredible. But man, our eyes suddenly were opened to the prophetic nature of his appointed feasts, Sabbaths, and new moons. Just like the scripture says, the high priest fulfills his duties on the Sabbaths, the new moon, and the feast. Well, our high priest is Jesus. And so this timing, as we are called to be watchmen in the days at hand, and uh, to know the seasons upon us, and to know the moves of God at hand, all of them tie to these feasts, to this revelation of timing, and his very cyclical nature of um, the way that he functions, and he's the one who was and is and is to come, unchanging, never failing. And so we have so much to learn in looking to our root. We are a branch grafted in. The, the, the branch cannot despise the root. In fact, um, it should be the prophets of the Lord who not only bring the new, but also bring the value of what ties in from the old and allow this full picture of the gospel to really come to life and really give us sight and it's just been overwhelming. We um, moved through and celebrated the spring feast this year. And obviously we're coming up upon the fall feast. But girl, when I tell you the alignment of timing of so much that was happening in our world mm. in alignment with the spring feast to the day, to the day on different fronts, I sat there like, how have we lived with this veil? Mm. If we focus on being bothered about giving up a Christmas tree. What a trivial thing to worry about in light of what there is to gain of sight. Mm -hmm. He literally brings to the spiritual front what it means to give the blind eyes to see sight. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, you're still doing it. You are still giving sight to the blind. And it, it looks like the physical front at times, but more often than not, and for every follower, it looks like the spiritual front. And I'm so excited coming into the fall feast. We've already been able to sense by the spirit things that are ahead, mm -hmm. um, you know, timing of what to even prepare for and to pray, to intercede. Always prophetic sight and revelation is for the purpose of intercession. And so it's just been the coolest journey. And like you said, we're still on it, but there was a real mourning, a grieving on the front end of this. I won't sit here and downplay it. It was real. Imagine everything you thought you knew about your faith being radically rocked and no one else around you saying and like teaching that or saying that different thing. We were sick to our stomach, <laughs> like, but just by faith saying, God, you don't just point out what's not. You always show us what is and what more there is. So God, please continue to give us humility because everything in me wants to be like, this is psycho. <laughs> and man, he will so faithfully connect dots. And 
um, open eyes and he's speaking. His good shepherd is always speaking, but I'm like, the greatest problem is that we're off. We, we don't understand his ways. We just try to fit them into ours. And therefore our prophetic sight corporately even is skewed. It's off. And um, people bemoan not hearing or seeing or experiencing God. Well, I wonder at times if we're trying to do so by our own um, format, like by our own yeah, desire. Our way, and our he's way. like, our way, our <laughs> way. And he's like, how about my way? And right. then you'll never the fire will never burn out because it's just unfathomable. Yeah. But yeah, amen. Oh. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's, I mean, I know really, if anyone knows me, they know I love Christmas and I'm all about Christmas music and all these things. <laughs> so just having this conversation with you is, uh, I'm grateful for mm-hmm. it because the Holy Spirit is just convicting me of like, yeah, I, I can, I can still love the celebration and, you know, the time, but going into deeper of like, like you said, like, what are we doing that day? Um, it would be, look like a different day. Same thing with Resurrection Sunday. And even thinking about Good Friday, you know, and thinking about Passover and how they fall around the same time, but what that looks like for us and, and why do we celebrate certain, certain things on these days and things like that. Just going right. deeper into a journey of um, wanting to know more. And like you said, not, again, going to the word, God's word is so mm-hmm. relevant now, <laughs> just as yeah. it has always been. and we don't we don't need you know certain people like telling us what to do or what the word says because it it says it in the word of god what we're looking for is in the word of god what we're looking for is within us as the holy spirit speaks to us um Mm -hmm. but not to hear something right and just be like no whatever i just throw on my treat right like really be convicted and really be open to having a desire again a desire to draw closer to his heart and see what his heart is trying to show us um, and it'll still be good being grateful and gratitude that knowing that it's still going to be good. God is, we're not going to like, it's not going to be a terrible life, or, but it is going to be a sanctified life. It's going to mm-hmm. be hard and challenging, but it's still going to be something good. Um, right. I think sometimes that's the fear that if I let go of all these things, if I remove all these things, if I act differently, if I speak differently, I won't live like a good life. And, and we have to even right. reframe our definition of good. God yeah. is saying it will yeah. be good just because you're not, your definition of good is not the same thing. Um, it does not mm-hmm. mean it's going to be a bad life. He wants abundance for us and he wants so much for us. Um, but there's so much clouding. Right. And so even just as a body, yeah. there's just decisions that we have to make. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just grateful for, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the voice that you are that, uh, just among a lot of voices that are out there, um, especially nowadays, everybody is using their platform um, to speak a lot yeah. of what God is speaking to them. And, you know, I, I feel like I want to just invite people to discern who they're listening to um, right. and, and match it with the word of God, right? Like people talk about, um, what is it the thing? Fake news, right? Like fake news with like politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we have to go look at data to confirm what has been said. The data exists in the Bible, right? Like yeah, we yeah. Can confirm what people are saying to be true or, or not, but let's not just be hearers um, and just think everything is truth because everything is not truth. Um, and that's right. how we get to be the body of Christ. And that's how we get to um, be a part of this, this, rebuilding that God is doing to, to the church. Yeah. Like, right. We don't yeah. all know what it's going to look like, but he's, that's what he's doing. He's rebuilding. Um, and how yeah. will we play a part in it? 
um, in this time? What would we have said we did in this time of pandemic? Mm -hmm. I know for me, like, I'm so grateful because I'm like, Lord, I feel closer to you. Like, I feel, I feel um, like I know more of you than I have ever had before. And I want to more and more. And I wouldn't Mm -hmm. think like not going to church on Sundays and things like that um, would do that. But it is because it's just, it's me and him. wrestling yeah yeah also having good conversations and just a lot of different things um so yeah Yeah. i'm just really i'm grateful that you are choosing to like you said be bold um Mm -hmm. be bold and just step out and and be willing to be open and even shift right like i'm sure if people heard you in the past perhaps to to them that you sound different (laughs) as as they are yeah in in their in your dms yeah (laughs) Um, exactly but that's good like it's like we should see transformation among one another if we're the same people we have been for years that's not a good look y'all that's not that's not sanctification um so yeah thank you so much for just like sharing your testimony sharing um what god has been speaking through you um and what you've been hearing from the word and just how you show up in the world um i know it's a voice that i'm really grateful for um and hopefully when we're we can see each other one day in person we can we can do that in person um, but yeah, I'm just really, really grateful for your voice and your heart, um, and your and your ten- like tenacity to just like speak. Oh, it's really needed in the yeah. world. It's really a. Um, I appreciate that. I I love what you said just a second ago, and just as encouragement to anybody listening, like his word speaks of us moving from glory to glory and from strength to strength, and. I would encourage, I challenge and encourage anyone even listening, you know, to truly walk in step with the spirit, Galatians 5.25, to live by the spirit and stay in step with the spirit. He, he's, if it feels stagnant, if it feels mundane, if it feels rote or um, <laughs> stuck, usually it's because we've, replaced his place with someone or something else. And I find that oftentimes we know the voice of our favorite pastor better than we know the voice of the good shepherd. Like Mm. we go to um, others intimacy with God to understand him. And sometimes when we even hear others um, who would say something that makes us uncomfortable or causes us pause or we feel something like the Holy Spirit's doing something, but we don't understand in this like quick attention culture, we're so quick to just move past what makes us pause and think like an uncomfortable Mm. and just move back to what we like to hear or what we've heard, or again, encountering God through others. There are a lot of different structures, forms, weight, I'm sure that the gospel is carried forth. But at the end of the day, for every single one of us, we have the privilege. It was bought by blood for us on the cross to know and be known personally by God. Mm-hmm. And in any relationship, we can all speak to the fact that that takes work. It's a growth. It's a maturity. It's a working through conflict and it's celebrating the highs and it's being vulnerable and it's having someone put a mirror up and we don't like what we see, you know, so I would encourage anyone listening and by the spirit of God, press in, press in and take accountability intimately for the journey that you're on. And it's amazing to have the body. And so have, you know, believers around you, but 
don't forfeit deep disorienting intimacy with God that stands to really heal, really transform, really open our eyes. Um, don't be afraid to draw deeper into the depths with him because man, what he has for us and what he longs that we would, you know, draw near to access is everything. It's the most valuable and important thing. And the beauty is that it's available to everyone, every single one. And it's as available as right now, turning off your speaker in your car or putting down your phone and getting on your floor in your bedroom or wherever it finds you saying, God, I, I need you. And I desire more of you. I don't care if you've been a believer for 70 years. Should our prayer not always be, I desire more, yeah, come on. more of you, God. And maybe it's right in this moment, finding the posture to say, like, I, I repent of the ways that I've, I've avoided you, but pretended like I'm not. Like, <laughs> I've, I've listened to the other voices, or I've done the thing every week, or I've like, you know, X, Y, or Z. But actually, when it comes to me and you, God, uh, in this still quiet, unseen place, I've kind of dodged this. And sit in that tension, in that place, in that unseen, quiet cave. He does holy work in quiet caves. Mm-hmm. Think about a life gestating in the womb, a holy work being formed in the quiet cave. I mean, it's in the shepherd's field that Christ was born unto the world. It wasn't in a stable with tame livestock. It was in a cave in a shepherd's field. If you go to Israel and see, he birthed the savior of the world in a quiet cave. Like he does really holy work in these quiet, unseen places. And we live in a culture that despises them and says, run from that and get out and busy. What a blessing of this entire quarantine time that he's put his prophets in the caves. He's put his people in the caves. And I believe for many, he's sitting by your side. He's sitting at your well, just like the Samaritan woman and saying, when you're ready, I'm here. And I want uh, to give you living water and I want us to go deeper. And it's such a beautiful invitation. It's worth it. It's really worth it. Amen. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Um, Just truth, truth, truth. And just things for us to think about more and meditate more. You know, y'all know that this this episode this show has other episodes that are meditations if that's not something you do with the word of god right it's not necessarily just sitting down and trying to mm, and all these different things it's literally right. sitting down and meditating with the word of god um mm. and just letting seeing what happens seeing what the lord speaks to his word through through you uh yeah. and that's that's really what he's really inviting us into obviously we can't do that all the time but if we could take 15 minutes a day to do that daily how would our intimacy change with him, right? Um, yeah. And then we can start inviting, encouraging other people's, and we can say, this is, this is the testimony I have from being in the cave with the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can then share with other people um, what he's done through us. So thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, Mo. I'm so grateful for you, um, for your voice. And yeah, I'm just excited to continue to hear um, what God speaks through to you um, through this fall. And um, yeah, just... I'm, I'm excited for, especially when the pandemic's over and you like you showing up to churches again and things. <laughs> They're not ready. Uh, I'm gonna come like a <laughs> lot of fire, a lot of excitement and intensity. It's They're like things ready. are just building, building, building. I'm just about ready to burst. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. Um, so 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 much. Yes, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Ladies, I pray that conversation blessed you and that you're able to apply some things you heard or learned to your continued growth on your faith journey. Share any thoughts or testimonies you have by leaving us a review and make sure you subscribe. Meet us here next week for another episode of Yes and Amen. And if you don't already, follow us on Instagram at The Full Garden to learn more about our growing community.